Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I'm Frederick and joining me as always is my co-host Will. That's right. Welcome to Gutshot, the only Magic the Gathering podcast still listing Space Godzilla Death Corona for over $50 on eBay. Fred, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty all right. I'm a little bit stressed about school, but uh, it's going to sure. be fine. I'm enjoying playing some modern lately, and uh, yeah, life is good in general. Yeah, that's nice to hear. I know that you were super excited for Modern Horizons 2, and I know that you picked up um, a couple of cards. Uh, so yeah, let's just go right into our, our opener here, and I see that you have a request. Uh, what's what's going on this? What, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so um, I'm a little bit uh, pissed because Ragavan, the one, the card I was most excited about for Modern Horizons that wasn't just a reprint of a fetch land, I got one of them early, as listeners will recall from last week. You know, I pulled my my expensive card and traded it for a few fetch lands in the in the Ragavan, but he's gone up so much that I just can't justify spending seventy dollars on a second one. So in order to make Ooh. me feel a little bit better. Uh, will you join me in making an addendum to our political compass episode and officially declaring Ragavan a libertarian? Libertarian, yes, he definitely deserves to be there. Man, seventy dollars a pop—that is insane. And I know that there are um, a couple of like top-tier modern decks that have just immediately slotted four of him in there. Man, that—that's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I only need two for Team or Cascade, although I might change it to the version that only cascades into what you want, like the all zero, and nothing that costs two or less other than like the suspend spells, uh, and then I won't need Ragavans. But either way, I love the card, so I'm I'm hopeful that I'll get to get to acquire a second card. If not, I can just play with the one, or I can switch to that and build a commander deck around it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Ragavans, dummy, expensive, although luckily none of the other cards from the set are. They've all gone down pretty hard. All right, well, that's that's good to hear. Like uh, Fred just said, um, a while back we did an episode that I thought was one of our better ones, a really, really good one that I'm proud of, where we took uh, you know fan-favorite characters, Planeswalkers, from the Magic Universe and put them on the political spectrum. So if you're a newer uh, listener, watcher, um, go back and, and check out that episode out. I'm also very proud of the uh, thumbnail art. I came up with uh for that but yeah um i i think as we move through like new sets and especially these uh, specialty sets that are really focusing on uh you know like uh, old fan favorite characters like Rav uh, ragavan and then introducing new characters we got to do an update uh to our political compass um uh episode you think you you might want to do that fred uh yeah i think eventually we should <laughs> maybe yeah, if yeah. the people want it that'll be our anniversary episode yeah, I think that'll be a good idea. Well, okay, I know we got a lot to talk about with our main topic, so, but before we get there, uh, hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Gut Shot. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, so if you are, if you like what you're hearing uh, and you're watching this on YouTube, give the video a like. We'd really appreciate it. It shows that you like what we're doing. Uh, and subscribe to the channel if you want more of that juicy Gut Shot content. The bell icon's there if you want to click that for notifications. But more than anything, we want to hear what you have to say. What do you think about uh, you know our, our conversation today? You know the topic that we're talking about, uh, hundred card historic brawl. Uh, do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Let us know in the YouTube comments below, or you can tweet at us at GutShotPod. So with all of that said, let's move on to our main topic. 
100 card historic brawl. So this was announced uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, they put out a uh, Magic Arena announcement that on June 18th, so this is about a week or so ago, uh, there was going to be a Friday Night Magic at Home event on Arena featuring 100 card historic brawl for the first time. And then after that Friday, um, for almost a week, June 19th through the 25th, it was a week-long um, festival queue, I'm not sure what they call it, for 100-card Historic Brawl. Uh, those types of queues where you pay an entry fee and then you get mm -hmm. to just play as much as you want. And then you get like, um, I believe they were uh, Japanese uh, uh, alt art styles for the Mystical Archive cards. You are for correct for your first five wins uh and then but you could just keep playing after that if you want um and uh so i'm gonna go ahead and read what they put on the um uh, their reasoning go ahead and quote them given historic's larger card pool we believe 100 card decks including the commander makes sense for the historic side of brawl but we wanted to see it in action before committing to a decision so it seems like they were using these events to gain uh, data on whether people mm -hmm. wanted 100 card uh, brawl decks. Um, so it's not completely set in stone, but I think that it would be um, pretty obvious that moving forward, uh, you know, historic brawl decks are going to be 100 cards. So, Fred, I want to ask you: um, Did you play any of these events? And if so, you know, what'd you play? Did you enjoy it? Did you what? What did you run into? How were your uh, 100 card historic brawl events? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I didn't play that much, mostly just because I've been enjoying regular Historic so much, so a lot of my arena time has gone to that, but I did make sure I got my, my wins to get my card styles, and I played quite a few after that, probably five or ten games after that, um, and I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I played all of my games with uh, Chandra Awakened Inferno, uh, because my Clothes list was a little out of date, and I just wanted to try something else. And I really loved it. Um, I think we've reached the critical mass of good cards where you don't have to put any draft chaff, even in a 100-card singleton historic deck. Um, so that feels really nice. And that's when I feel like it was the good time to make a leap into 100-card. And I think they made the right call about the timing. I don't think standard historic should do that because, you know, even as it is right now, you still have to play some random draft uncommons in a standard... Or sorry, not standard historic, standard brawl. As of right now, you still have to play a couple random, like, draft uncommons that are kind of synergistic with your commander if you're playing standard brawl. But with historic brawl, I think moving to 100 cards is a good idea. I loved the event. I liked the diversity of decks that I played against, although I know you didn't have exactly the same experience, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, I loved playing the Chandra deck. It was super fun. It was just kind of a red mid-range deck that just sort of like hoped to answer as many threats as possible with just damage-based removal and then slap down a Chandra, get that emblem, um, put your opponent in the skillet. You know what I mean? Yeah, the six mana Chandra really does feel great to be able to just slam on turn six, get that emblem, and then just kind of do your thing, you know, uh, um, destroying your opponent's stuff, uh, burning things left and right, and just letting uh, Chandra and her emblems kind of take care of things. Uh, you sent me your list. I played a couple of games with it, and I had um, a lot of fun with it. It was a good break from what I was playing, uh, which was Winota, Joiner of Forces. Um, another part of the announcement that I just mentioned earlier was that two uh, commanders that were um, originally banned in Brawl for power level reasons were being unbanned uh, for this event and uh, presumably going forward as well so that's uh, Teferi and Oko 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Golos Towerless Pilgrim and my, my girl, my favorite card of, of or client, quickly climbing the ranks of my favorite card of all time, Winoda Joiner of Forces. So I played a lot of Winoda. Um, I don't know how many games I played uh, overall, but I know that I got um, about 170 wins uh, with the Winoda deck. So playing your Chandra ja uh, deck was a good break uh, from from all of that uh, from winning Noda. yeah exactly <laughs> um, I, well i wanted to ask you so um they made it clear that um as n just like normal brawl they were using an algorithm or you know some sort of matchmaking magic behind the scenes mm -hmm. to match brawl commanders against each other of similar power level um so if you were playing a rinky dink deck with a uh, not popular commander you wouldn't run into the most powerful decks which would be uh you know winota or the five color good stuff deck so golos uh five color niv mizzet um the eska um, god of the tree uh those decks but mm -hmm. if you were playing in a um, a popular deck like my deck you would only see those um super popular commanders like i would say about 70 percent of the games that i played were against golos five color good stuff um mm. and, and it was it was an okay matchup i, I definitely felt like i was um it, it was more even uh than i was expecting it uh to be so i want to ask you what kind of matchups were you seeing with that chandra deck did you feel that you were in like a top tier of commanders or were you just playing against um a lot of like a huge diverse uh number of decks yeah, I, I definitely encountered a lot more diversity than you did in terms of the decks I played against. Um, I did play against two Golos, I believe, and one Winota, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, I played against one Essica, one Niv-Mizzet, and then mostly, like, just, I think, Planeswalkers that people would have fun with. A couple Clothis. I played against a few Clothis. I, I, like, okay, I, I have a soft spot for Clothis, and I think Clothis is good. Like, oh, I think yeah. it's unironically unironic a good a good commander um, oh, for, yeah, we were... for a store brawl. We were talking about this offline a little bit um, uh, before, but Clothies like is a lot better than it reads on the surface. Yeah. Once it's on the battlefield, it's more powerful than you'd expect it to be. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it just it 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 really wins so many matchups. Um, yeah, and if, if they're trying to aggro you down, if they're graveyard based, it puts a real hindrance on their plans. Great card, um, but yeah, and I played against a few like Valky Tybalt lists. Um, yeah, it's. It, I definitely encountered more diversity, and that's kind of the downfall of the algorithm, I think. Like, you know, you're basically only getting to play against Golos and other Winota with, like, the occasional Asika or Niv-Mizzet. Um, but I do, I understand the algorithm is kind of a necessary evil if you're going to have a non-ranked Brawl mode. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, people want to play against decks that would be fun for them. And then I think, like, the, the double downside is, you know, what if I've built a Winota deck that's just fun for me? It's just humans and dogs, you know? Yeah. Um, like I'm not I'm gonna get paired against top tier decks if it's just based on the commander, but if you base it on the deck, there's a lot of wacky stuff that happens. So I don't know. There's no real good solution, but I think this is the best one that they could find. I I think so too, um, because I I was having um, I believe over a fifty percent uh, win rate against these good stuff Golos decks. Um, I felt like. I, I had major game against almost all of the decks that I was seeing, and I knew that all of them were like the tip top of um, 
uh, of what you know historic brawl had to offer um i know that if i got um paired up against like a, a yorvo or like a um uh questing beast one of these kind of like green stompy decks that it kind of wouldn't really be a game i was just like so i would be so heavily favored uh in, in a a matchup like that you know just creatures um curving out against each other so as much as i want to see matchups like that playing my pet deck which just happens to be one of the best decks in the format um it, it makes sense for those players to not match them up against the degeneracy that I'm doing. I, I do kind of mm -hmm. wish there was a little bit more leniency there, like you were talking about. Um, that yeah. you know you could occasionally try like a green stompy deck that you're doing pretty well with against a, a Winoda just to try it out, and then you can go you know back to um, where you were. Um, so it, I, I think it's uh, fair to say both of us had a good time in this event. I had a very good time, uh, just yes. for the record. One of the conversations that's happening around this is that Historic Brawl is not always available in the in the arena client, and a lot of people feel very strongly about this. They think that there should be a permanent free queue for Historic Brawl inside uh, the client anytime they want. So uh, let me ask you, Fred, um, do, you, do you want to see a uh, permanent free Historic Brawl queue in the client? And if there was, how would you play it? How often would you play it? Is that something you're interested in? I don't want it as bad as I want Modern on Arena, but I will say I would play it. Um, I would probably build more historic brawl decks if it weren't, and think more about the historic brawl decks I'm building if it weren't just, oh yeah, I guess I can, I guess I can play it for the week, you know. Mm -hmm. I would probably be picking my favorite commanders and like building actual decks around them that I give a lot of thought to, giving a lot of thought to the format. I like the way these decks are built. I like the way there's a few staples that definitely go in every deck, and I like the way that like your commander sort of guides your deck building. I think it's fun. Yeah, I would play for it for sure. I would want there to be ranked, though, and I know that's kind of antithetical to the purpose of the format, but, like, if they could just do some kind of elo where, like, you get dumped into the higher end of the elo if your deck is... Like, you have a separate elo for all of your decks, and you have a... You get dumped... Or for each of your commanders, and you get dumped into the high elo uh, automatically if your commander is, like, Clothis or Golos or, or something, or Winota. Um, sure. Yeah. And, but then, if you lose enough, then you will get paired against people playing. Uh, I don't know what's a really bad commander. Rin and Sari inseparable. <laughs> um, then, like, so that so that like a a, a, a Winota deck that's just built casually will eventually get to play against other casual decks. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I think uh, an ELO implementation would be good. Um, do, doesn't the like normal ranked queues for um, standard and uh, just normal historic use some sort of like MMR uh, math behind the scenes as well as matching you with um, uh, you know people in your um, like um, uh, metal grouping? So like you'll, you'll play against bronze players, but you're going to be playing against bronze players that are of your caliber with that mmr in the background is that true uh that sounds right i don't actually know very much i only play ranked for my daily wins sure. um and then i do like events like little cues to see how many wins i can get yeah that um, makes sense yeah, um, so i'm not sure but i that sounds right yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously, I think the fact that I got 170 wins uh, during the um, one week that uh, Historic Brawl was available, that yes, if there was a permanent queue for it, I would absolutely play it as much as possible because I love Historic Brawl, I love my Winota deck, and yeah, if it was available all the time for free and I didn't have to go 
to some weird discord server or a subreddit to try to get games and you know it, it would probably become my you know um um uh, the, the the way of playing arena that i would focus on um and i think everyone would say that right like er everyone mm. loves historic brawl and they want it um the question is is wizards going to give it to us and what reasons would wizards have to give it to us i think that it's pretty clear to say that you know wizards wants us to focus on standard more than historic right what, would you say that that's true yeah, and I think it's a monetization thing, if I'm going to be cynical, which, I mean, I don't think that's a controversial take. Like, hey, they can monetize, huh? Hey, let's do it. This is gut shot. Let's be as cynical as we can. All right, yeah, they, they can monetize standard in a way they can't monetize historic. Historic would never have been added to the permanent queue if they didn't have the idea to sell historic anthologies. Um, and I think in that vein, um, Brawl and Historic Brawl are obviously cheaper formats just because... You only need one copy of a card, and your main way of getting cards is opening packs. So, like, mm -hmm. you're going to have, like, all these, um, like, random rares that would only be good in Brawl that you can't get rid of anyway are going to construct these decks. I've never had to craft a card for a Brawl deck. And, I mean, I've been playing since day one. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I've never had to craft a card for a Brawl deck. So, like, I, and, I, and I've never, like... Like, I've built my Brawl decks as optimally as I think they can be built. You know what I mean? Like, I've never yeah. been like, oh, I, I don't want to craft anything for a Brawl deck. I've just never happened to have to to build the best decks that I want to build. So I feel like yeah. part of their reluctance to add a queue for this might come from the fact that, you know, players like, like, I could envision you, like, not playing standard. Well, you already don't play standard, but I, I can envision you not playing historic for, like, a, couple, a few months if you could just play historic Brawl. And, like they would definitely be losing out on your money. Like, maybe you'd still get the pre-order for the new set, but, like, you wouldn't, you maybe you, you just wouldn't buy, like, packs outside of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of people say this, um, but it's true for me as well. Um, if I, when Historic Brawl is available and I want to play a new deck, I, I usually find a deck online and then tweak it to my, you know, cards that i want to play like six mana chandra for example i try to get her and everything i can and some other pet cards uh, <laughs> rise of the wild speaker or return of the wild speaker is another pet card of, of mine i think both of us but um that like when i do that i am much more likely to craft random cards that i don't have like you i've been playing since day one but you know there are all of those cards that i would never go out of my way to get but i don't feel bad spending a rare wild card if it's if it's just one that i need i know i'll always be able to use that one for any historic brawl deck like i crafted a combat celebrant um you know just for my winota deck i would not craft for a combat celebrant to play some you know rinky dink uh, combo deck in uh modern uh but yeah. or, uh, in historic i mean but I um speak yeah, for I, know, yourself. <laughs> I, I, I know you would but i did not feel bad spending that one um uh mythic rare wild card um to put that card into my deck um so like having having those brawl decks kind of makes it a little easier to justify spending wild cards in a way that you wouldn't before and we can argue that Wizards wants that, right? Wizards mm -hmm. wants us to spend our wild cards and then be like, oh, you know, I need more wild cards. I need to, you know, buy packs so I can get more wild cards. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. I, I absolutely think it's a monetization thing. Um, they uh, Wizards wants people playing standard. Yeah, you know, and they only want you playing, uh, you know, historic or historic brawl if you're buying these uh, expensive historic anthologies 
and uh, sinking money into these remastered sets like uh, sets like Amonkhet and Kaladesh. So yeah. I, I, I guess the question is, what can we as players do to convince wizards to add a historic queue? And um, I, I think just the best is just to, when these events come around, just play the hell out of them. I mean, I, yeah. I, def I definitely don't feel bad playing or, or winning 170 games with the exact same deck and the exact same format because I do think that that sends a message to wizards. Um, but I want to ask you, um, yo, you're a huge fan of like doing the surveys and stuff for mm -hmm. wizards. It, it, what is your answer to the idea of like, how do we tell wizards this is something that we want? Yeah, so my guilty pleasure under my, my unethical consumption under capitalism, I love answering surveys. I know it just gives free information to corporations, but it just may, I don't know, I soy face over it. It makes me feel hurt. To, to, clicking a box between strongly disagree and strongly agree is like heroin. Um, I love them. So I will say, like, if Wizards is asking for my opinion, I will always give it if it's, like, made available. It, hell, if Wizards isn't asking for my opinion, I'll still give it. Um, I liked this event. I, I see the card styles were worth it to me because they were historic cards anyway. Like the shock card style was in there and the, mm -hmm. and the, um, growth spiral card style was in there. So like I wanted these card styles anyway, but like, I guess I feel like if I, I don't know how to word this, like, I, I wouldn't have spent my gold or gems if the card styles were not things that I, cards that I would use in Storch anyway. So my issue is like, I, I want to show them that I like this event, but at the same time, like, if they, let's say they want to charge 10,000 gold for an event and give you like a few random uncommon cards to let you play this format, I don't love any format enough to do that. You know, okay, so if these okay. rewards get any worse, like, I'm not going to, I want a queue for this format, but they, they can't hold a format hostage behind a event with bad rewards it's the same thing that super monkey ball did like they had some very beloved games from the early 2000s super monkey ball one and two and then they remastered the shittiest game in the series banana well now that's an exaggeration but one of the bad games they remastered it and they essentially said um you know if fans of the classic monkey ball games they, they made a tweet that said something like if fans of the classic monkey ball games are um excited to get those remastered or get new games in that vein um make sure you buy Banana Blitz Remastered to show us how much you love the series. Um, it's like that sort of thing. It has that kind of energy to me. Um, if okay. you want the permanent queue for this format, play this event with bad rewards. Spend your in-game currency or your real money on an event with bad rewards and just to show us that you want this queue that we should probably just provide because this format is fun. Yeah, that's a, a interesting point. And then, like, you buy the stuff, you buy the game that you weren't super interested in, and then they have no, um, other than a, a monetary incentive, they have no, um, um, what's what's the term, um, uh, obliga um, obligation to the players that spent that money to actually promissory do Promissory something like that absolutely yeah. um yeah so you're spending all that money because of course they want you to buy the new thing but they, they they could just turn around and just not do what you want you know it's like they could you know take all that and then be like oh we just decided we didn't want to do that you know creative differences or we decided to move on uh to something else that would be very um frustrating i i imagine uh yeah thank yeah. you for bringing up that point that's not something that i that i thought about um but um 
Yeah. So one thing about um, Historic Brawl that I, I want to make sure that I mention is that I actually like Standard Brawl too, and I know I know that's like a meme that like no one no one likes Standard Brawl, no one wants to play it, no one's playing it on um, in paper, and people are only playing it on Arena because it's all we get. I actually yeah. really like I like Standard Brawl, and I wanted to stay, um, and I worry that a permanent queue for Historic would absolutely kill standard brawl and i'd hate to see that i think that would be really sad um I, of course i can't say what i would do in the future but i'd like to think that you know if um a brand you know i would have my favorite historic commanders that i feel were at a power level for the historic format mm -hmm. um but you know if a, a a brand new wacky commander comes out in the newest standard set i could build a you know a standard commander or, or a standard brawl deck with that as a command to have fun with it and that could be my way of participating in the standard pool of cards right um do you think that standard brawl would just disappear completely if historic brawl was permanent on arena uh i think so i, I don't know here's the thing right they might take away the queue because it wouldn't do as well but look at mtgo it's vastly less populated than magic arena and they can they have no trouble firing tournaments for formats as specific as like flashback drafts popper modern pioneer which is a dead format mostly standard stuff like that they can fire those events all day on demand and they have much they have a much lower player base and all of their events cost money so the way that i see it like if magic online can do that arena can have any cues and fire them and arena does that too like the the historic sets that aren't very popular like the original ixalan set and like rivals of ixalan and stuff like those drafts fire when they host them on arena so like That's it's true, not yeah. a matter of can it's not a matter of like will they die it's a matter of will wizards kill those cues because they want to funnel you into a different game mode yeah, Which at yeah. a certain point, I think there's a valid reason to, but that that's what I would, that's the question I would ask. It happened to me once. Um, years ago, I used to be really in the standard popper on Magic Online. There was a whole, mm -hmm. like, outside the client um, uh, kind of tournament structure for standard popper. This would have been around Return to Ravnica back, uh, you know, 20, 2012, 2013. Uh, and mm -hmm. I love that format, but that was also around the time where Magic Online had a specific uh, queue for standard popper. And they removed it uh, because they removed it plus a whole bunch of other stuff like legacy tribal wars and a couple of others. And uh, it, it was what you said. Uh, they got rid of those because they weren't firing at the rate that they liked and they wanted to consolidate and all that stuff. And it really hurt the standard proper community. Um, you know, like it still existed. People still played it, but it wasn't there on the client for people to be like, oh, standard proper is a thing that exists. Maybe I should check that out. Maybe I should. Mm -hmm. Um, see if there are decks in that format that I like. I would just be afraid of something like that happening to Standard Brawl. I would I would like Standard Brawl to one still be sixty cards. I think that that's appropriate. Um, yeah. It kind of it lets you it lets you um, have your deck be denser in terms of uh, powerful cards, and it's just a tighter experience. I think yeah. I, I do enjoy that. I kind of wish Commander could just be sixty cards, but you know that's okay. That that's, I disagree on, but yeah, yeah. that's just me. Um, but it, I I want a historic queue, but I don't want anything to happen to the standard queue, and I want people to give standard brawl uh, more of a chance. But I, I think that's just where it's going to sit. We kind of are just at the mercy of Wizards uh, slash Hasbro on this, whether they want 
want it want to give to us uh, want to give this cue to us and in the meantime there are um outside ways to match make for histor historic brawl however you can't do 100 card historic brawl at the moment the way that yeah. uh, matchmaking is a uh, is a uh, coded um brawl decks are just 60 cards um and it there's not a differentiating between historic brawl and standard <coughs> brawl it's just brawl uh and mm -hmm. um so you cannot uh uh, matchmate you cannot challenge somebody with a 100 card historic brawl deck and st uh, and uh, still get the uh, commander so wizards needs to fix that asap if they're not going to give us a queue they need to let us play this queue outside uh the client right. do matchmaking there I i'm sure you can agree with that as well right yeah it would be absolutely silly if they didn't they they should just allow you to like play free form against opponents but add a commander oh yeah, yeah. just like Maybe a, a box yeah, just like a box you could take to, you know, yeah. just um, add that, add that. Yeah, I think I think that would be good. Historic brawl. Yeah, we we both we both like it. Uh, I would love to play it a lot more than Fred, um, but I think we can both agree we would be happy if a uh, a permanent queue was added to um, Magic Arena, yeah. and I think that would be like one of the biggest news uh, items that uh, the uh, arena community could get. Right? Like, could you yeah. imagine how exciting how excited the overall community would be if we just got that out of nowhere? Yeah, and I'd probably stop playing Standard, too, like, if that happened. I would probably just play Historic and Historic Brawl. I might I might play more Historic Brawl than Historic. The problem I have right now is just that I don't get a bunch of packs and gems at the end, or gold or whatever at the end of the month. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right, you're right. I, I know that that's something. You're very prize-focused, very uh, rewards-focused, so that makes yeah. a lot of sense for you. And if there was a, um, a permanent queue, I would play uh, I would play decks other than Winota. I would get a couple of games <laughs> in with no, with Noda. Uh, I would get a couple of games in with Winota, um, you know, every, every, you know, every day, just get a couple of them in, and then move on to fun decks like your six-mana Chandra one. So hopefully Wizards hears, um, you know, the cries, the pleas, the angry tweets, the uh, Reddit essays, that this is what the community wants. Um, so unless you have something else you want to say about 100-card historic brawl, we can move on to our end segment, uh, aka the scoop step. All right, yeah. Uh, welcome to the scoop step. Uh, today we're doing another edition of Random Card Reviews, where I pull five cards off of Scryfall using the random function, and we talk about each one. Uh, do you want to read this first one? Oh, yeah. This is a classic one. I think that this is from Alpha. Um, the version mm -hmm. that we're seeing on screen looks like it's from uh, Unlimited or Revised, but I think this is an Alpha card. Glasses of Urza. Um, so this may actually be the um, one of the first um, instances of hearing the name Urza on a magic card. It is a one mana artifact, so one generic mana. You may tap to look at your opponent's hand. Man, uh, Wizards does not want to give us this effect anymore. They they hate like any of this uh, permanent being able to see your opponent's hand, don't they? Yeah, do you feel like this card would be playable in standard? I'm not saying that they would print it because they wouldn't, but if this card became legal in standard against Mark Rosewater's wishes, do you think it would see play? No, I don't think so because cards printed nowadays are so value focused that unless yeah. you're, yeah, especially for con constructed formats, like maybe this would be a limited card if you need like a 23rd card, but mm. uh, you know, like standard and other uh, constructed formats, every card has to be giving you multiple cards worth of value. And I don't think this gets there. Um, it's cool to know what's in your opponent's hand, but most of the time you can deduce, uh, deduce what they probably have. And unless you're playing a deck like my one of my favorite decks, uh, Infected, you have to know exactly what's in their hand 
you know, you rather this just be a ravenous chukacabra and Uro or, or, or something like that. Um, Would you so play it, this in modern infect? No, no. Um, okay. Back when, back when uh, Gataxian probe got banned, there were a lot of people, and myself included. I was one of these people who wanted to continue running something that allowed us to see our opponent's hand. And I think the uh, the meta proved to us that that was a mistake, and no one yeah. really tries doing that anymore. Gataxian probe was just such a unique effect uh with it being free uh you know looking at your opponent's hand drawing a card um that kind of stuff uh so yeah no i would not play this in effect uh so uh, i i don't know exactly where this would see play these days but it's pretty cool and um you know if, if you ever just want a pair of glasses in your magic game this i guess this is the one you're going towards he's also never been depicted wearing glasses on like any other art is that true <laughs> so it's i'm pretty sure so it's like weird that he's got them here these are right. his i don't know oh and he has um, sunglasses he has sunglasses too I, I definitely think that this is a lot more playable than the sunglasses of urza those just let you turn white mana into red mana right yeah mm -hmm. like this once is, per turn or something yeah something like that <laughs> this is uh regardless of whether this is playable in a modern context this is definitely you definitely want the glasses over the sunglasses for sure yeah um so up next we've got sparring mummy Three and a white for a 3-3 three, three zombie at common from Amonkhet. When Sparring Mummy enters the battlefield, untap target creature. Uh, pretty simple. Um, this was like a mediocre common in draft. You would take it sometimes just to like pseudo-vigilance one of your creatures for the turn, but usually you don't want to play a 4-mana 3-3. Three, three. Like if this were a 4-3 or a 3-4, four, it'd probably be pretty good, but this is just an okay common. This is your, you know, 20, 20th, 21st card, usually. Um, I... I actually played a good amount of Amonkhet Limited, and I remember this card because you open it up, it's a white card, it has one of those uh, you know, faceless mummies on it, and you think, oh, awesome, fan bear, this is a great card. And then you oh. <laughs> actually read the card and you realize it's not fan bear, it's uh, uh, a little bit worse than that. So you a know, little don't get bit your, worse. <laughs> don't get your sparring mummies and your fan bears uh, you know, mixed up like that. Did you yeah. like this... Um, did you like this depiction of mummies and Amonkhet? Like, just, like, no face. Oh, yeah. Completely uh, wrapped up and uh, moving around like they're, like they're humans. Did you like that depiction? Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I think when they do the same creature type on different planes, they need to do cool stuff to differentiate it. And I think the Amonkhet mummies were a great way to do that with the zombie creature type. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely a stroke of genius, I, I think. And I do like um, the black liliana planeswalker card from amon mm -hmm. i can't remember its actual name where she is uh like a sitting like cleopatra and she's being fed and being waited on uh by the mummies that always gets a chuckle out of me that's pretty cool art yeah i i like the mummies in amon i want to return to that plane that would be on, on my on my short list of planes i would want to return to um just below tarkir before they fucked it up uh, yeah, so you want to read this next one this is another powerful one Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, oh, okay, yeah. Um, Longtime players will definitely know this card. Merchant Scroll. Uh, two mana, so one generic and one blue. It's a sorcery. Uh, originally from Homelands, but this looks like a promo. Oh, this is a judge promo. Judge promo, yep. Yeah. Uh, search your library for a blue instant card. Reveal that card and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So just, you know, tutors for a blue instant card. And I, I don't think you need us to tell you how many good blue instant cards there are in, in the game of Magic. Um, I, I do like this judge promo here. Um, it uh, looks like it's Ixalan themed. So we have a... Mm -hmm. uh, I, um, uh, pirate looking at a uh, scroll with arcane writing on it and it looks like they're about to go find their uh, mystical tutor yeah 
Well, I hope that he uh, presses stop when it says seating. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, a rare find suitable for the most discerning collector. Uh, so um, I, I, if this is, does Merchant Scroll C play anymore? Like, because I know like uh, old vintage EDH. decks. EDH. I know yeah. old vintage decks back in the day would run a one of Merchant Scroll. I do think that this is um, uh, restricted in vintage uh, just because it's so powerful to be able to, because it's a uh, it's a two mana tutor for probably what's your you know best card it lets you go get ancestral Force visions and, ancestral yeah, yeah uh, and uh, recall you, yeah recall and uh you know let you go get your force of will to protect whatever shenanigans you're going yeah. to do so probably the best card printed in homelands i think uh yeah i'm trying to think if there was some weird land in that set well, yeah, are, that you go, right. are you gonna try are you gonna try to say it's autumn willow is the best card in the set I don't know what that does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, Merchant Scroll. You don't need us to tell you how good Merchant Scroll is. And this looks like a really cool uh, judge promo for it. So, Yes. Um, so next we've got a card I had not heard of before. This is Escape Routes. It's two and a blue for an enchantment that lets you pay two and a blue to return target white or black creature you control to its owner's hand. It's a common in, um, help me plane, out here, Plane Shift? Plane Shift, yes. Plane Shift, Yeah. Um, this is a weird-ass card. Um, I think, like, if you were to try to apply it to an actual deck, like, I guess it protects your white and black creatures from removal, or it lets you, like, repeat the Enters the Battlefield trigger on something like a Thraben Inspector would be what I would think of this, but it's so weird that it just specifically can help out white or black creatures you control when it's a mono-blue card. This is not a card that would be printed today. This is super goofy. No, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, from the Apocalypse block, which uh, was kind of the first real attempt at like a multicolor block. Um, I don't think you can call like a Legends. Uh, I mean, it, it was multicolor, but you know, it wasn't multi multicolor. This is like the first attempt at like a, a like a Ravnica block, or maybe like a. Um, uh, uh, shadow more where you know they're mm -hmm. really trying to play with um colors and color effects uh, and uh, this block is where we first got our our very first names for the shards which we do not use anymore but if you ever hear like anna necra dega seta um as names for shards that's where this comes mm -hmm. from so basically yeah you have to kind of think of this as an esper card and uh yeah i think that this is just an example of how bad cards used to be um because i cannot imagine this being a card printed these days <laughs> yeah. either with the color um uh the color restriction or just the cost you know um i imagine it would maybe cost a little more to play but once it's in play it would just be any creature for maybe like two mana or maybe even one mana if it cost enough um so oh, i, I think they would do it the other way around you think so? Because yeah, because in limited, like it gives you so much. Like if you have a bunch of mana, they basically can never remove your creatures, which is a really powerful effect in limited. Yeah, you're. So right. I, I would think they would make it cost one or two, and then make it cost four or five to activate. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna defer uh -huh. to you in terms of like real game design uh, knowledge, but yeah, I think this is just an example of uh, cards being bad in the. Uh, in the uh, uh format but i do think it's a good clue that if you're draft or if you're drafting like blue cards or white or black you want to be thinking about those three colors together so maybe it's useful as a like a like a signpost uh to yeah. let you know that in that limited format that's what you're supposed to do the most interesting thing about this card is the art i think yeah i like the i like the art too 
I, I don't know. I think I would probably... I, I, I haven't drafted a lot of uh, plane shift, to be honest with you, but I, I might uh, I might would draft this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, there's I, good ETB effects. <laughs> listen to LSV. He, I know that the Apocalypse Block is a huge... Uh, he's a huge fan of it and has done a lot of it. So listen to his opinions about uh, uh, Apocalypse Draft other than ours. But I do have to highlight this art. It's like, you can't even tell that this is a magic card art. It's basically a bunch of like hard scrabble people. There's a guy without a shirt on who's like trying to navigate this like um, uh, fetid bog and uh, you know they're trying to light their way with torchlight. It's a very nice piece, um, but doesn't scream yeah. magic. I don't think we'd see a piece like this in a um, in a modern set, but it, it, it is nice and a good uh, example of how um, diverse art used to be back in the early parts of the game. Yeah, it's more of like a fantasy art, fantasy book art, it looks like to me. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> we have our last card. You want to read this one? Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, now this is more of a, 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 a modern card here. Flying Crane Technique. <laughs> this is a, a gold instant. It is three generic and then uh, one of each Jeskai color. Three generic, one blue, one red, and one white. And we can immediately see that this is a Jeskai card uh, from Cons of Tarkir. Um, untap all creatures you control. They gain flying and double strike until end of turn. And then art uh, some uh, um, obvious Jeskai monks are jumping into the air, doing their um, martial arts um, poses in the air with a you know very picturesque uh, Jeskai art in the background. Man, this card is so cool. I love this. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I'm just mad because I've opened up so many of these as my rare opening cons packs as a kid trying to get fetch lands. Yeah. Uh, but I have negative memories of this card. Um, the card's fine. Uh, it's just untap all creatures you control the game, flying and double strike till in a turn. It's a rare instant. Like, this card's good and limited and nowhere else. That's what I would say. This is kind of an overrun in Jeskai. Um, I, I was just about to say that. Overrun in Jeskai. That's kind of just what this is. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, only you're only playing this if your opponent did some really bad blocks or if you're, or if you can just end the game. You can also just do it right after you attack if they don't have any flyers because it gives them flying too. Oh yeah, that's that's so, true. That's true. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean I, this this will end the game sometimes, but that's also one of the slowest formats in the in history in terms of limited. So like, you probably it's full of three mana two twos and stuff. So like these game winners for finishers for aggro are like a lot worse in that format. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's nice for there to be a card here, um, like because this looks like it's a card meant to like break those. Um, stalled limited games right it's yeah. it's like okay just guy if you're playing just guy you can open this this is your ticket for breaking those uh really bogged down games i i totally agree with you this is just a limited card but like the entire package of this card and then other cards uh in the yeah. uh con set like uh um mantis rider or um tassiger or um what's the the one with the guy punching the bear savage punch yeah <laughs> like cons was so cool and i love the flavor and like just the attitude and presentation of all of those cards it really kind of cemented cons as a really cool plane that i know a lot of people want to go revisit i, I would love to see a um a new take on the Jess guy uh, you know, if yeah. we if we ever go back in this card, looking at this really makes me want to go back to Tarkir and see the cons again. Yeah, nothing. Uh, so there's nothing that makes me want to go back to Tarkir more than looking at Tarkir cards, except looking at current cards. Okay, okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. 
<laughs> I miss Car- I miss Tarkir a lot. I miss uh, I miss the storytelling. The storytelling of that block was phenomenal. Not to say we have had bad storytelling lately, but sometimes it just hasn't really been there at all. And sometimes it's been a little bit hit or miss. But I don't know. I, I, I miss Tarkir for so many reasons. But yeah, we, we want to go back to Tarkir. Uh, uh, Tar- what this card is reminding me of. Tarkir is in Pioneer, right? Yes. Just oh, no well, yeah, the fetch lands are banned. Um, so we know that at least nominally, they're still trying to get Pioneer onto Arena. So if that happens, we might be lucky enough to see a Tarkir remastered set come to Arena. Would you play that? Oh, I would. And I think um, they might keep the fetch land legal on Arena just because, um, you know, shuffling isn't an issue when the computer does it for you. So maybe Historic will have fetch lands legal. I want to play with Siege Rhino on Arena, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Siege Rhino would be a wonderful card um, to get <laughs> into the Arena clan, especially with uh, Restoration Angel and Thrag Tusk is already in there. Some sort of oh, Abzan. Yeah. Oh, I would play the hell out of that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> the Flying Crane Technique, not a great card, but really nostalgic and fun looking. Uh, but with that, I think that we are at the end of our episode. So, Thank you for listening to this episode of Gut Shot. Um, you know, we really appreciate you listening to us. You can do all the stuff uh, I said at the beginning of the episode. Like the video, subscribe, comment in the comments below, or tweet at us at GutShotPod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at AgraRhetoric. Uh, Frederick is at FredAss underscore B on Twitter or WarCrimesUbu on Twitch. And you can follow the show on Twitter. I, ju- I just said this. You can follow the show on Twitter at GutShotPod. This has been GutShot. The only Magic the Gathering podcast that will put you on the political compass if you don't listen to it. (laughs) See you next time. Later.